Today's topic is the one that may not be the most pleasant, but it's important nonetheless. Genital warts. Yes, we're going there. But trust me, this is a conversation you don't want to miss. Whether you're looking for information on prevention, treatment, or just want to know more about this common sexually transmitted infection. We've got you covered. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into the world of genital wards and get all the information you need to know in less than 10 minutes. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to Sex Advice Podcast. I'm your host Abhishek, a pharmacist specialist in sexual health. Through this podcast, I want to fill in the gaps, explore the facts, and dispel cultural myths and beliefs surrounding sex education. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of this podcast. And today's topic is the one that affects a lot of people, but is often shrouded in shame and silence. Genital warts. But we're not here to judge or make anyone feel uncomfortable. Instead, we're here to provide valuable information and insights that can help you make informed decisions about your sexual health. Before we start, just to let you know that we are now on Twitter at RealSexEdBytes, all one word, where we post a lot of bite-sized information, exclusive content, and expert insights daily. So show your support and do give us a follow. Now, on with the show. Let's start with what genital wards really are. Genital wards are a sexually transmitted infection caused by human papilloma virus, more commonly known as HPV. There are over 100 different types of HPV viruses. The ones that cause genital warts are type 6 and type 11. Genital warts appear as small bumps or growths in the genital area and can be transmitted through skin-to-skin contact, usually during sex, and also by sharing sex toys. Now, let's talk about statistics. Genital HPV infections, like genital warts, are common, affecting about 10-20% to of the population. The number of people getting infected with HPV is increasing. Most people who get infected are between 17 and 33 years old, with the highest number of cases occurring in the 20 to 24 age group. In terms of geographical location, there is no significant difference in the prevalence of genital warts between emerging and the developed world. However, access to healthcare and education about STI prevention and treatment can vary in different regions, which may affect the incidence and management of genital warts. 
It's worth noting that the global incidence of genital warts may be underestimated since many people with HPV infections are asymptomatic and may not seek medical attention. Therefore, it's important to prioritize regular STI screening and prevention efforts to help reduce the transmission and impact of genital warts. Now, let's look at some of the symptoms. The following symptoms may mean that you may have genital warts. You must go to a sexual health clinic and get it checked out if you have any one of those. Number one itching or bleeding from your genitals or anus. Number two, one or more painless growths or lumps around your vagina, penis or anus. Number three, a change to your normal flow of urine. For example, it's begun to flow sideways. That does not go away. And number four, a sexual partner who has genital warts, even if you don't have any symptoms. If you suffer from any one of those symptoms, you should visit a sexual health clinic as they specialized in treating STIs. A doctor or a nurse can usually diagnose warts just by looking at them. They may ask you about your symptoms and sexual partners. Look at the bumps around your genitals and anus and possibly may need to look inside your vagina, anus or urethra, which is where pee comes out, depending on where the warts are. Please bear in mind that just by looking at the warts, it may not be possible to find out who you got the warts from or how long you've had the infection. Now, let's talk about treatment. The type of treatment you'll be offered depends on what the warts look like and where they are. The doctor or nurse should discuss this with you. Typically, there are three ways genital warts can be treated. Number one is using creams or liquids. You can usually apply this to the warts yourself a few times a week for several weeks. But in some cases, you may need to go to the sexual health clinic where a doctor or nurse will apply it for you. These treatments can cause pain, irritation or a burning sensation. Number two is surgery. A doctor or nurse may cut, burn, or use a laser to remove the warts. This again can cause pain, irritation, or scarring. And finally, number three is cryotherapy, where a doctor or a nurse can freeze the warts using liquid nitrogen. Sometimes the treatment is repeated several times. And again, this can cause pain or soreness. Bear in mind that it may take weeks or months for treatment to work, and even then the warts can come back.
And in some people, the treatment just does not work. There is also no cure for genital warts, but it is possible for your body to fight the virus over time. Finally, let's talk about prevention. You can stop genital warts from being passed on by practicing safe sex. Condoms are usually effective. However, if the virus is in the parts of the skin that is not covered by a condom, it can still be passed on. It is also a good practice to not have sex whilst you're having treatment for genital warts. Also, do not share sex toys with others. If you do share them, wash them or cover them with a new condom before anyone else uses them. Please note that you do not get genital warts from kissing and sharing things like towels, cutlery cups or toilet seats. So, to conclude today's episode, genital warts are a common and treatable sexually transmitted infection caused by the human papillomavirus. While it may not be the most pleasant topic to discuss, it's important to understand the symptoms, causes and treatment options available to help protect your sexual health. By practicing safe sex, and seeking medical attention if you suspect that you may have genital warts, you can reduce your risk of transmission and minimize the potential impact on your overall health and well-being. Remember that education and open communication about STIs is the key to promoting healthy sexual behaviors and reducing the stigma surrounding sexual health. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And if you found this information useful, then please make sure you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google, wherever you're listening right now. It would help the show, this movement, to grow and reach wider audiences. Together, let's make sex education a human right. See you next week.